At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Chief Executive Officer, Financial Advisor, Justin Klein. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome back to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, February 16th, 2023 edition, and I am Justin Klein. I'm here on today's radio show and pro- podcast to help you make the most of your capital, to help you make consistent, smart decisions with your money, develop portfolio strategies that make sense given your risk profile, your goals, and the current market conditions. So I look forward to this Invest Talk podcast, and most importantly, hearing your finance and investment questions. And for those who may be a bit new to Invest Talk, let me assure you, I'm always careful to give you my straight and unbiased answer. I have no hidden agenda here, just trying to educate many people who are struggling to find a path to success in the investment world, which is challenging, it's complex, but it can be rewarding too. But often the habits of new investors uh, are the antithesis of what it truly means to be a smart investor. And so those habits are learned over time, some the hard way, some the easy way. And I'm trying to teach you those lessons and take those lessons the easy way, which means not making those mistakes, but learning from those that have in the past. Now we know today's investing situation is different than what we've been experiencing really for the last, since the financial crisis, right? Financial repression, low rates, low inflation. Now that's reversing higher rates, higher inflation. It's going to ebb and flow just like interest rates ebbed and flow before this time period, but now it's going to likely ebb and flow higher. So we're all here to learn some things about the market, the risks and rewards that are out there, the variables that affect market movements, and more, most importantly, the mindset it takes to clear out the emotions of fear and greed and focus on the facts on the ground. Make decisions based on the reality of the situation as opposed to how you want it to be. So serious investors should be prepared to take the lessons to heart and then apply them judiciously so that you can avoid losses, amplify your returns, and generally become more disciplined in your investment approach so that ultimately you get to your end goals faster, which is for everybody, pretty much financial freedom. Freedom to do what you want to do as opposed to what you have to do. 
So you can call me right now on our anytime toll-free listener line at 888-99-CHART. And I have a lot of material to cover for you today. Now, my main focus point concerns a story about the labor market. market. We're going to look at the big picture. picture. Is it really as strong as the recent reports insinuates it is? We're going to look at that. Also, time permitting, I want to touch on inflation. Is it going to be harder to keep it down? I would argue, yeah. But we're going to talk about why. Then also we have the Secure Act 2.0. That's the change in 401k world. And how is that going to impact you and your 401k? So we're going to look at that. And then lastly, we're up against a debt ceiling. But what's pushing the national debt higher? We're going to go into some details. Now also, I also have some voice bank questions to answer. One is in regards to brokered CDs versus traditional CDs and Hudson Technologies. So I've got this all planned for today's podcast. And of course, your live calls, which are most important at 888-99-CHART. Let's take a look at the market today. It was decidedly negative day in the market as a whole. You had the S&P down 57 points. Broad U.S. market down 1.36%. Mid caps down about 1.1%. Small caps down 1%. And this was the first major sell-off of the growth side of the market this year. I would say first, but the most clear cut. Large cap growth down 2.15% on the day, led by Shopify. That was down 15.8% on the day. You had Toast down 22%, QuantumScape down 17 A lot of the big Upwork down 15 uh, What else? Ring Central down 23%. So a lot of the, the growthier names really taking it on the chin. And this is the first time we kind of closed the market on the lows in a while. The last time we did that was back on the 9th. So when that happens, that's called a distribution day. Distribution day. And we've had two now in the span of a week, roughly. And you get clusters of these. That's called distribution by large institutions into the marketplace. So last week we had a kick up in volatility. But it slowed down early this week came back in, and you had a resurgence today. The VIX was up one spot 94 today, above 20 for the first time in a couple of weeks. So this is a risk-off day. That's one risk-off day, but something to take note of, especially after this recent rally, higher interest rates. And this is kind of due, to be honest with you. Why? Because... And I was talking about this in the office today, that the tech stocks, growth stocks, were doing well over the past, really this month, in the face of higher interest rates, right? The, at 10 years, gone up 50 basis points this month. Typically, that's going to be negative for the growth side of the market. And this is the first day this, this month, uh, besides the ninth, where that was truly the case, right? So two out of those, uh, the days of the month have been really uh, tough for the growth side of the market. 
but we'll continue to watch. Now, the stock market is constantly changing, and I'm guessing that you have at least one or two finance or investment questions that you'd like answered, and that's why I'm here. If you're listening to Invest Talk, you can give me a call now at 888 chart Get ready for a new KPP Financial Wealth Webinar, Value Investing, Positioning Your Portfolio for Profitability, Relative Price, and Dividend Payments. The Wealth Webinar will be a crash course on how to structure your value portfolios, providing real examples with assessment tools that KPP Financial uses every day to grow clients' wealth. The webinar will be anchored by KPP Financial CEO and InvestTalk host, Justin Klein, and by KPP Financial Portfolio Manager, Luke Guerrero. Mark your calendar for Wednesday, March 22nd from 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific Time. You are invited to a new KPP Financial Wealth Webinar. Be sure to tell your friends and family members it's free and you can register now at investtalk.com. Everybody wants a secure financial future. That means you'll have finance and investment questions. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to provide their unbiased answers. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Steve and Justin are from Tucson here. Just saw a big pullback today in Devon Energy. About 10.5%. Got a nice dividend. It's now the time to pick it up. I'll listen on the podcast. See what you think about this company. And uh, I'm thinking for a long-term hold. Thank you. Bye. I'm going to say no. I think I talked about this earlier this week that you know, I got a lot of calls on Devin because people were chasing the dividend. Chasing the dividend. It's a very common theme uh, on this show. And I try to break everyone of this habit of just focusing on the dividend. And I said, I said, I've been saying this for a while. Devon is a good oil company, good EMP company. What's one of the largest independent EMP companies in North America? Well, broadly diversified asset base, oil and natural gases, which is great. So it's, it's good. But I like a lot of the other ones that are yielding a lot less. So I don't, I don't look at this as like, that dividend is going to be sustainable. Going forward, the forward-looking dividend is only 6%. So you might be looking at the 9% looking backwards, but that dividend has been adjusted downward. Already fell from $1.55 to $0.89. So forward-looking dividend, once again, 6.2%. Nice, but i rather have a, a different oil name that's yielding less Right, has a lower dividend yield, but it's growing its dividend because where is this dividend yield going to even out at? Because right now the cash dividend payout ratio is 99%, meaning they're paying out all of their cash flow to the dividend to, to, to paying the dividend. And that's just in, in a volatile market like oil, that's not sustainable. And clearly it isn't because they're cutting their dividend. So let me back up. I go listen to the last yesterday's show. I talked a lot about. Focusing on the company. Devon is a good company, but it's not the best EMP name out there. 
And it's very important to understand this concept. If you take the universe of companies that are yielding one, two, three percent current dividend yields, and then you take the universe of companies that are whose dividend yields are seven, eight, nine, ten percent, and you go look at the businesses of those each of those names, the vast majority of the ones that are yielding one, two, or three percent are going to be better investments, better run companies. So you really need to embody that if you're ever, if you ever want to be a good investor. If you constantly chase dividend yields, I'm sorry, but you're going to make more mistakes than, than winners. Remember, dividends are not sacrosanct. Management can cut it, trim it, eliminate it whenever they want. And guess what? In an industry like that's cyclical, like oil, like energy, it can be very volatile. So Devin's down, but Devin's down for a reason. Earnings last, or revenue last quarter, only up 1% year over year. Revenue is only up 19% where it was growing earnings by hundreds of percent. It was up 102% in the third quarter earnings were year over year. Then down the 19% growth last quarter. So I like other names besides Devin. Now my focus point today concerns the story behind this headline. The labor market and looking at the big picture. Now for the month of January, the report was there was 517,000 jobs created. Now, there's a lot of, take that with a giant dose of, of salt, because that's not really the picture. There was some population adjustments, a lot, of, a lot of things that just aren't reality, okay? So the post-pandemic return to office has created a lot of layoffs, Companies like Google, Zoom, Meta, Microsoft, IBM, Intel, Amazon, all cut staffing. Why? Because workers need less connectivity. It's not as crucial to have Zoom software when you're in office. Also means less online shopping. More people are out and about shopping in traditional brick and mortar stores and they're spending money on services. And so these companies were overstaffed and now they're kind of balancing that out. And if you look at the fourth quarter earnings, many firms are pessimistic on the labor market, but it's more about what's happening at other firms, not necessarily themselves saying, you know, they see the, the layoffs and it's having a chilling effect on the market. They're saying, well, if Google, Amazon, et cetera, are laying off workers, maybe I should pause my, my hiring. And then you look at the, at the finance industry, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, they're laying off people, big layoffs within the mortgage market. Uh, and that's having a chilling effect uh, really across, across the economy and in manufacturing, too. That is now a contraction, contractionary territory, and they're not hiring. They're, they're, they're not laying off a ton, but they're not hiring uh, right now either. So that's what's happening in the labor market right now. Now we're heading into a break. Uh, give me a call now at 888-99-CHART. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy, discipline, and the right information. 
Justin Klein is ready to provide his unbiased answers. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Duncan here from New York. Thank you for everything that you do. I have a quick question on ticker symbol HDSN, Hudson Technologies. I came across this uh, because I'm looking to add onto my industrial sector, and this is under industrials, but it seems like a very like micro cap. So I'm a little nervous about that because micro caps like isn't that high risk, high reward, right? I'm looking at the 52 week range. It seems like it's high right now, but if we dive deeper into it, it's PE ratio right now is about 4.6. Industry average is 13.16. And its uh, return on equity is about like 86%. So just wanted to know your two thoughts. I appreciate everything that you do and looking forward to the answer on the podcast. Have a great day. Bye. All right. Looking at Hudson Technologies. And you're right. The profitability is very high. But historically, it typically is a lot lower. In fact, pre-pandemic, it was negative in was it December, fourth quarter of 2019, it was negative 45%. So clearly the pandemic has helped this business. And they are in the industrial space. And it's a, it's a manufacturer of commercial air conditioning, processing, and refrigeration systems. And so you know, whatever the reason, their business is done very well. Uh, let's see, it owns a web-based real-time monitoring service, which is used in facility Interesting. So looks like they have some technology. I'd really want to know why their business has gone from losing money pre-pandemic to making $2.17 this year and then $1.21 next year. Actually, sorry, $2.17 last year. And so it's to be down to 44% to $1.21 this year because they haven't released those fourth quarter earnings yet. Um, but it, it looks like it is mean reverting and that's what worries me the most. Now, is it going to mean revert to something still positive and, and therefore it's uh, uh, pretty attractive or is this going to whatever the dynamics of the pandemic are these reversing completely and now it's going to go back to a money losing business I'd really have to dig into that um, and and make sure that the profitability current profitability is sustainable they have paid down their debt with the the recent free cash flow so that's a, that's a positive I like that they're using that capital wisely. The free cash flow is positive, but once again, I'd really have to dig into the details of this name. Why is, has their business turned around over the last two years and how mean reverting will it ultimately be? Right. So that was Hudson Technologies, $400 million, $483 million market cap. I guess that'd be considered micro. I always think micro is like under two or 300, but yeah. Around 500, I guess, with uh, the inflation uh, in valuations, this would be considered micro. Thanks for the call. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now, let's touch a bit on the Secure Act 2.0. And a lot of the effects of it won't be felt until next year. But some parts of it are already in effect. And there are various aspects that will be important for you. And what this is, is it changes a lot of what employer-sponsored retirement plans are and how they operate. Now, 
allows employers to direct their matching retirement plan contributions into Roth accounts, which is pretty interesting. And that money is not subject to FICA, so that's helpful um, from a tax perspective for the business as well as an individual. And it won't be subject to normal employment tax. But the amount is included in an individual's adjusted gross income for the year. So remember, that's not a write-off. Uh, it's basically you're getting paid, right? So if your employer matches, it's part of basically your income for the year. Now, this is similar to kind of a Roth conversion where you put money into a traditional IRA pre-tax and then you do a conversion later into a Roth IRA. So that's kind of the big change here. And I think it's a great way to save longer term. If you have this option, if your employer is allowing it now, definitely want to take advantage of it if you're in a relatively low tax bracket. Okay. Another change of the rule is 529 plans. If you don't use them, you can roll over to a Roth IRA. That's helpful, up to $35,000. So, you know, if your child goes to doesn't go to a university, they can roll that over into, uh, you know, into a Roth for them. Okay. Another interesting change is catch your contributions for this year. It's going to be seventy five hundred dollars per year in four hundred one k accounts if you're over the age of fifty. But starting next year, sorry, starting in twenty twenty five, it's going to go to ten thousand dollars for participation participants age sixty and over. And it's going to be indexed to inflation. So that's going to be nice. There'll be a little bit bonus catch-up contribution. Okay. But we're going to go to a quick break right now. And after the break, I'll touch on a little bit more about the Secure Act 2.0. Now, as we go to break, let me encourage you to make plans to join us for a new KPP Financial Wealth webinar. Value investing, positioning your portfolio for profitability, relative price, and dividend payments. The Wealth Webinar will be a crash course on how to structure your value portfolios, giving real examples with assessment tools that we use at KPP Financial every day to grow our clients' wealth. This is coming up. It's on March 22nd, a little over a month away, 2 p.m. Pacific time. It's absolutely free, but you do have to register at besttalk.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. 
Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes, and be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Now, before the break, I was touching on the Secure Act 2.0 and some major changes that are coming to retirement plans. And one of the other big ones is inherited IRAs. Basically, the shift next year will be that for RMD purposes, you basically put yourself in the shoes of that particular person that passed away. So whatever their age is, when they passed away. For this year, it's basically kind of your own for tax purposes. So it's actually not the best thing because if that person who passed away, uh, it it'll force them to take RMDs sooner. So that's one big change. And then the five-year rule for Roth 401ks, that's going to be in effect. So basically when you put money into a Roth 401k, you have to season that Roth 401k for five years before you can take the initial contributions out. Okay, And that's similar for a lot of, uh, that's similar for Roth, Roth IRAs as well. Okay, And then, a pretty interesting tidbit for business owners because they're going to be forced to start these plans. Basically, they're going to give them a tax credit of $1,000 per person for matching contributions. So if you are an employer, you set up a, a retirement plan, you get uh, 100% of the contributions up to $1,000 goes as a tax credit. So per person, so you have seven employees, you match $10,000 in total, you're going to get $1,000 per employee. So it's to be a $7,000 tax credit. So pretty interesting tidbits uh, in that Secure Act 2.0. Let's go to Kevin in the Bay Area looking at CSL. Yeah, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well. Do you own Carlisle Companies or are you looking to buy it? No, I'm, I'm looking to buy it. I've been watching it for uh, maybe around two years now. Um, I'd prefer to, to start a position somewhere around uh, two thirty. I think it's somewhere around two sixty uh, mm-hmm. today. But just wanted to get your thoughts on how good of a company it is and how, how well it allocates its its earnings. Well, two thirty is a good support. It did find support there in October as well as early January, and you're right, it has rallied recently. And this is a pretty well-diversified industrial name. Okay, It sells rubber and plastic engineer parts. It has Carlisle Construction Material, Carlisle Inter- Interconnect Technologies, and Carlisle Fluid Systems. Okay, So it, uh, it has a portfolio of products including commercial roofing systems, wires, cables, connectors, industrial liquid finishing material. It's is large, $13 billion market cap. And it pays, let's see, what's its dividend? Yeah, 1.2% dividend. Return equity, 32%. Let's look at history. History, it's right around 20%. So I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of debt on this balance sheet. That's always positive. Free cash flow, trailing 12 months, about 18, 817 million. Good free cash flow yield there, about a billion dollars from uh, cash flow from operations. I like that. Payout ratio, very low, only about 15%. So room to increase that dividend. 
I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. I, I like Carlisle Group. I like the diversity of its business. Uh, it is slowing down a bit, so I don't expect growth to be that high, but it's not trading at really a high multiple. Enterprise value EBIT right now, a little bit lower than 11, and long-term average is around 13, so it's trading at a bit of discount there as well. So I like what you're looking at. The technicals are kind of so-so, to be honest with you, you know, kind of neutral, I would call them. So that's probably the, the biggest knock on it. But I'm going to give this one generally a, a thumbs up. You may get a better buying opportunity later in the year, but definitely a name to have on your watch list. Thanks for the call, Kevin. And this is a perfect example. And I talked yesterday about focusing on the business, focusing on good companies to invest in that are creating value for shareholders. And when you see return equity in the 30s, you see return assets at currently 12%. Consistent free cash flow. A payout ratio that's very low. These are the businesses that I want to own. They've been buying back shares. They have minimal debt. But it's kind of boring for most people. Boring business. A night, a, not a shiny dividend yield. But guess what? This is going to create consistent value for shareholders over time. And you can just see it. Just go look at a chart. It just consistently powers higher. So take notes. Go look at Carlisle Company. CSL is the symbol. I'm not saying you should buy it today, but these are the type of businesses you want to own, especially in this inflationary environment. Now, this is InvestTalk. Let's keep things moving and pivot to the InvestTalk Voice Bank at 888-99-CHART. Good morning, guys. Thank you for your show. I just have a question. Now that the rates are high for a traditional consumer time account, what would be the difference if I were to set up a brokerage CD versus a traditional CD? Meaning, you know, what would be the risk with the brokerage CD since there's no risk with the traditional CD? Thank you. I would I appreciate your answer. Thank you. Bye-bye. Difference? A whole lot of difference. There still certificates of deposit. They're still backed by the FDIC. But you get more selection. Basically, you're buying these through your broker, whether that's Fidelity or Schwab or TD Ameritrade, whatever. And oftentimes, the rates are higher. You can sell them if you want to get your money out. So they're kind of like holding a bond. Okay, And that's those are the main differences. I don't think you should be favoring one over the other really it's more about what is that yield what is that maturity you can get a lot of longer maturity cds in the brokered space so i have no problem with them and and i, I kind of like that you can sell them in the secondary market if you need to get rid of them you know if interest rates drop you've locked in a, a longer term cd you can probably sell them at a premium right so if you can find better yields and the right maturity date for you, brokered CDs are just fine. 
Well, now there's no denying that the market environment is changing and time is marching on. And that means you're getting closer and closer to that day when maybe you can't work anymore. And nobody wants to be forced into retirement. You want to retire when you reach that level and you can enjoy retirement, right? You, re- you reach financial freedom and you can go and do what you want. That's what financial freedom is, right? Spending your time on things you want to do as opposed to things you have to do. But the question is, are you on the right track? Is your plan aligned with your goals and your risk tolerance levels? So if you need help understanding whether you are on that right track, I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve Peasley at our company, KPP Financial, where we operate with the same philosophy as we do here, independent thinking and shared success. We want to bring you along with our success and we practice parallel investing, which means we invest right alongside our clients. So you can schedule a free portfolio review assessment with me via telephone or go to meetings through our website, investtalk.com, or give us our, our office a call at 800-557-5461. The sooner you reach out, the sooner we can help you get your, your portfolio optimized for your end goals. Now this is Invest Talk, Steve Peasley, and I thank you for your participation in helping us achieve over 49.8 million downloads since it all began. Next up, we have a listener question from 888 chart. So hang on. Mark your calendar for Wednesday, March 22nd from 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific time. You are invited to a new KPP Financial Wealth Webinar. Value investing, positioning your portfolio for profitability, relative price, and dividend payments. Be sure to tell your friends and family members about the new KPP Financial Wealth Webinar. It's free, and you can register now at investtalk.com. We're going to go talk to Usher. He's in Dallas, Texas, looking at Emerson. Uh, yes. Hi, uh, Justin. Um, I'm looking at Emerson. Um, you know, it's in the heavy um, industrial machinery business, uh, fairly large company. Uh, it has come down uh, lately a little, but uh, still seems overvalued. Uh, earnings have come down from last year, but um, I want to uh, buy it for the long-term hold and want to see what your thoughts about it. So, Okay. Yeah, it has come down recently. It's about 14% off its 52-week high. Revenues last quarter up 7%, earnings down 1%, and earnings are, are starting to flatten out here. It's trading at about a 17 multiple 29% return on equity, which is which is nice. Um, Long term, that's average is about 27%. So it's about there. Does have a decent amount of debt, but nothing really to worry about because the consistency of their business. For everyone else uh, out there, Emerson is in the industrial space, and it sells automation equipment and. Uh, services under software control and intelligent device divisions. And it's is very consistent in its business. And 2.4% dividend yield, so solid, with a payout ratio only at 53%. So plenty of room for that to go up. Uh, if you look at enterprise value to EBITDA right around 13 right now, that's about where it is long term. So we don't see it as cheap or expensive. 
here, but it's a very good company. Very good company. So I'm going to give Emerson general thumbs up, but you're not getting a bargain here. You're getting at about fair value. Okay. So and when do you think would be the right time based on the, the fun technicals? Uh, let's see. It's pulling back here. It still remains kind of bearish. I would say back around 77. Now it's at 85. It still looks to be in a downtrend. So uh, that'll be major support right around that 77, you know, high 70s area. That's going to be some good support. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Now, the next and best talk podcast published tomorrow will be a new best of caller questions compilation. Steve Peasley is taking a few days off and I will be traveling. We'll also have a best of show on Monday. Market will be closed, but I can say this about best of shows. Yes, the questions are from recent days, but they are edited so as to be presented at a faster pace. So you get a lot in at one time and your time spent listening is very productive because you get a lot of answers really quickly. But for now, let's grab another listener question from 888-99-CHART. Hi, I'm Tej from San Jose. I'm calling regarding two companies, Bungie Limited and ADM. I currently do not own any of this stock or any stock in this space. I like both the companies have made to large cap, but the Bungie has lower net profit margin compared to, compared to the ADM. Both have decent total debt to equity ratio and long-term debt to equity ratio. Both of them high return on equity. My concern is both of them have declining revenues and EPS upcoming in upcoming years. I would like to know about which stock is preferable or should I just stay away from both of the stocks? And I also have a question about the Bungie Limited. So I saw that it has negative free cash flow, but when I take a look at the cash flow statement, I saw positive net cash per year. So can you please clarify the difference between these two? I look forward to listening your answer on the podcast. Thank you. All right. Yeah. So it looks like they have, let's see, Bungie. Let me dig into the details here. It's it's difficult to kind of sum this all up in in uh, in just a couple minutes, but I'll do my best. So Archer, both of these are in the ag business. You have Archer Daniels Midland. They process and market agricultural commodities, process seed oils, uh, lots of well diversified within the food market. Yes, earnings are expected to slow down 13% this year, another 2% next year, kind of leveling out around $7 per share in earnings, which at an 81 share price right now, you're talking about low teens multiple, you know, 12 times earnings. But earnings are coming down once again. So that should warrant a discount to the overall market. Bungie, on the other hand, that one is already trading at seven times earnings, but earnings are supposed to be dropped 15% this year, 5% next year, trading about $100 per share. So forward-looking earnings kind of at eight or nine times. So definitely cheaper, but also growing slower. $14 billion market cap, whereas Archer Daniels Midland is closer to, let's see, what is that? $44 billion. So ADM is a bigger company. Uh, Bungie, there is some, there are some peculiarities, shall we say, about the way uh, their business is reported, but they have pretty low debt. Uh, it's trading at low multiples, consistent dividend. Um, I'd have to really dig in the details on their cash flow and why it's looking like that, but 
overall, I like Bungie's business better. They make grains and oil seeds, fertilizers, uh, edible and milling products sold worldwide, very, very diversified. Uh, and I like the, the chart a bit better. So, you know, both of them are pretty good. I like the ag space, but if I'm picking one over the other, I'm going to be picking Bungie. Thanks for the call. This is the best talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART. Justin Klein is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin. I had a question about why I am unable to buy certain funds in certain brokerage accounts. I have two brokerage accounts, one 401k through Fidelity, and where I have a separate brokerage account within the 401k to purchase certain companies. And I also have my personal investing through Merrill Lynch. Now, I try to buy... Fund DFFEX. It's a targeted small mid cap value fund, and I'm unable to purchase either of them or purchase that fund in either of my portfolios. I'm just wondering if you can shed some light as to why and what the restrictions are for certain companies, or if there's a certain broker that allows you to buy everything. Thank you for your answer. Bye. Well, first, there are some mutual funds that don't have relationships with certain brokers, so you can't buy them. But also, a lot of funds are closed to new investors. Now, I don't know if this one is. I can really make out exact symbol. But that happens. They get too big, and they feel like they, don't, they can't handle any more assets. So otherwise, they get, they get style creep, they call it, where, especially in these smaller, name, smaller cap names, where... You know, they do so well for a long period of time. They get so much assets that uh, to move the needle, they got to put a lot of money to work, right? To buy 2% of their portfolio in one particular name, it's going to move that name so dramatically. Uh, and then they start to move it up into the, the mid-cap space because they just don't have the liquidity to put that all to work. So that's when they close the fund. And so you might be looking at a fund that is just simply closed. And that does happen. The call. Now let's touch a bit on inflation. And we've had pretty decent inflation data for the month of January. But the market is interpreting the data more on along the lines of that the Fed will continue to keep rates higher for longer. But that hasn't really impacted equities because investors are pricing stocks for kind of that soft landing scenario, which profits remain okay. The cost of capital falls. Well, guess what? It hasn't over the past couple of weeks. And that inflation will continue to come down. Now we know that the global supply chain issue is no longer a problem. Goods are in, in deflation. That's clear but it's only about a quarter of the economy. And the headline rate is falling in 25 out of 36 of the wealthiest OECD countries. 
So it's coming down across the world. But if you look at core prices, so excluding volatile energy and food, that was up 4.6% over the past three months. And it started to actually edge up. And this is because of the service sector. And the service sector is exposed to the labor markets. And that's a problem here in the U.S., Britain, Canada, New Zealand, a lot of wealthy nations. And it's really about the labor market. Now, we're starting to see some signs that the labor market is softening. And that's really what this is going to be all about. How quickly does the labor market get soft? How quickly does it turn from kind of a neutral jobs market to something that builds on itself. And I think that's the biggest risk here is that all of these tech and finance jobs or finance layoffs, they are high income people. High income people spend the most. And eventually, and not just on goods, but services as well, traveling and such, going out to eat. And so one tech layoff is probably equivalent to two or three kind of blue collar jobs. And so history is full of examples where investors wrongly anticipate that growth towards the end of a tightening cycle is just fine. And then suddenly you get an acceleration to the downside and things shift. So that's what we're continuing to watch. I think you're going to definitely see some signals within the markets to tell you if that's coming. Remember, the market's going to see this faster than the headlines are. So be aware of that. Uh, and that's why you want to watch credit spreads, you want to watch the dollar, you want to watch gold, see where those things are moving. And that's going to be a strong indication as to what's really happening in the underlying economy. Now, I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley, and I thank you for listening encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads, which you can find anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Now, Steve is taking a few days off, but I'll be and I'll be traveling. So the next and best talk podcast tomorrow will be a new best of caller question compilation show. Hopefully you can tune in and get caught up. Independent thinking, shared success. This is the best talk. Good night. Invest talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.